Welcome to the Your Oxygen Mask First podcast. I'm Erin Young, and this is a space where we explore ways to help the helpers. Because you can't help anyone before you help yourself. So sit back, put your own oxygen mask on, and enjoy the ride. And thank you again so much for continuing to join us. We're extending our deep dive series on suicide prevention for veterans. And today, I'm honored to be joined by Eva Bellinger, who is the founder and executive director of the nonprofit Warriors Live On. Eva is a licensed marriage and family counselor and a veteran herself. She has dedicated her career to ensuring that combat veterans of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars get the treatment that they need to live healthy, fulfilling lives, no matter what it takes. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So tell us briefly about yourself, your personal history, and why you decided to join the military. Sure. Um, I grew up in Napa Valley, California. I was involved in a lot in a lot of sports and um, clubs and was a junior firefighter. And I had it in me to serve my country. And, and I don't know really where it came from. My father had mentioned it once or twice, but there was something about doing a doing more than just going to college. So there was something enticing about that. It was also something about the leadership opportunity. I knew that I had some qualities there. And if I could sharpen those skills, it was something that I that I thought I could could get better at. So I ended up uh, trying to get into the one of the military service academies. And my first choice was the United States Air Force Academy. And long story short, my I, I was a, a good candidate. However, my SATs and ACTs, ACT scores weren't up to speed. And so they originally told me no, that they wouldn't give me a congressional nomination into one of the academies. So I, I, I started looking at other colleges and a couple of weeks after they had declined me, the service academy at the Air Force Academy, uh, the prep school called me and said, hey, would you be interested in, in coming here? Uh, we're on the Air Force Academy grounds. If you complete the prep school year, we'll get you, we'll give you a nomination into the Air Force Academy. And basically the prep school year is a year of catching a candidate up on any military, physical fitness, or education that they need to actually succeed at the, at the academy. And so I said, okay, I'll do it. Um, so I graduated high school in 1998, and I entered the U.S. Air Force Academy at Colorado Springs Prep School in 1999, passed it, and went on to the Air Force Academy and graduated in 2003. I graduated uh, with an undergrad in business management um, and became a second lieutenant. And my first duty station was Aviano Air Force Base in Italy. Oh, wow. That's a long ways from home. (laughs) Uh, it was my first pick. Uh, one of the, I think I, I, I didn't mention, but the idea of traveling and, and getting to see other parts of our world in service to our country was something that was very, very appealing to me. Additionally, interestingly enough, I had played soccer with a girl that went to the Air Force Academy in high school and I saw her go off and I, she came back to do some recruitment and I saw her in her uniform and uh, I was I was like, Lindsay, you know, hey, how's it going over there? And 
uh, she told me all about the Air Force Academy and she, she said, Eva, you can do it. You can totally do it. And what's crazy is I had so many people tell me I couldn't, I wasn't smart enough. Oh, Lindsay, she did it, but she was in all honors classes and she did this and that. And long story short, I ended up playing um, rugby on the Air Force Academy team with Lindsay. Um, and just recently ran into her. Her husband stationed in LA now. She, Lindsay became a helicopter pilot. And so it's just, it's just, it's so true. Your, your military people stay with you. It's really a family. And uh, just, you know, I knew her when we were in high school and I'm still running into her. So cool. But she was very much a, an inspiration to me in, in pursuing this career. That's awesome. Yeah. Good memories. So with your experience in the military, have you personally had any mental health challenges? And if you did, how did you overcome them? Yes. Um, I did have mental health challenges. I, while I was in the military, I was diagnosed with adjustment disorder, which I think is very common, which is like a, a lower form of, of depression. I just was, I, I worked a lot. I didn't have a good balance going. When I left the military, I was diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, and major depressive disorder. You know, uh, there were times when I handled my mental health maladaptively. I think all of us kind of dabble in, in some drinking too much or unhealthy ways of life. And, and I, I think I did that. I think my more significant though for me was that I, I was, I'm a perfectionist by nature and I just started working a lot and then just incessant, like you're not, you're not. Uh, doing enough, you know, you're not cutting it, you know, um, very judgmental self-talk comes into play. You know, I think I, I took a lot of medicine at one point. I was on eight different medications that for, for chronic pain, I had migraines, I had some neck injuries from the military along with the mental health, PTSD and nightmare pills and sleep pills and, and antidepressants. And I got to a point where I did not know what was working, what was helping. And that's, that was a wake up call for me personally, and that I was not liking the way I was feeling or how, how many pills I was taking. And I was losing track of me. What really, really turned the page for me is I, I was working. So this was when I got out of the military. I I had studied, actually, I received my graduate degree in uh, counseling psychology. And two years, let's see, 2011, I started working at the VA as a readjustment counseling therapist. So I was uh, like about four years after I left uh, active duty service. And I thought to myself, what, what could be better? I'm still working for the government. I'm working with veterans. I'm working with my military family and I'm working to help. It's, it's really what I had always wanted to do. Even serving as a communications officer, active duty, I was always trying to help my troops and, and help them be better and make sure they had what they needed to, to do their jobs the best they could. And, but while I was working at the San Diego Vet Center, I started to have a lot more symptoms of PTSD. And there was a lot of vicarious traumatization happening through the stories that I was being told from my 
from my vets that I was treating. And I started to realize those are my stories. And at first I thought to myself, oh man, it's, I'm so lucky. I don't have any problems, you know, and I'm not struggling and I'm okay. And, and here I, I, I knew the diagnoses for major depressive disorder. I knew the diagnosis for PTSD and, and it wasn't clicking to me that I had it. Um, it literally took my, my body falling apart. I, I was having chronic pain all the time. I lost a ton of weight. I had what they call the tortured colon. I was dizzy all the time. My body was, was falling apart because it just wasn't registering to my brain that there was something wrong. Um, and I kept working, kept working, and finally realized what it was. And then I needed to step out of my job as a readjustment counseling therapist for a while to get myself better. In that process, I had some uh, yogi friends out in Vermont, and I had met them through a another nonprofit program where we did adaptive sports and some healing work uh, outside in nature. And so I met these people and became very good friends with them on a trip um, a year prior. And um, actually, the co-founder of Warriors Levon, Bob Speck, was one of these yogis. And he has stayed in touch with me year after year. And that year, he said to me, hey, Eva, he got in touch with me really randomly. It's, we've always seemed to be on the same wavelength. And he said, um, hey, Eva, are, are you doing okay? And I said, no, I'm really not. At this point in time, when he contacted me, I had already taken two extended leaves from my job, trying to trying to get better and trying to figure out what I could do to get better. And he said, you know, why don't you come out here? We will go on some hikes. We are going to eat healthy. We're going to we're going to drink tea. We're going to do yoga. We're going to be in nature and you're going to be surrounded by by good people. And I said, "Okay." so I picked up and left and. For the next uh, month and a half, I did yoga every day. I was outside in the trees, in nature, getting grounded. I was eating well. I was I was practicing good sleep hygiene. I was going to bed at decent hours. I was moving my body. I wasn't watching TV. Um, and then I was surrounded by these people that had a very natural healing uh, vibe to them and were teaching me how to to sustain this lifestyle. And in addition, at the time, I was also going through a, um, a therapy called somatic experiencing therapy that is working on trauma through the body. Uh, so instead of, of the idea of, you know, cognitively working the trauma or exposing myself to the trauma of of what I had been through. It was more of working it through awareness of the body and how the body was responding to, to anxiety, to the environment, what was activating my nervous system, what was deactivating my nervous system, and really getting tuned into to what was there rather than what my crazy thinking mind was doing all the time. So I was also learning a lot of, of mindfulness practice and um, taking time digging into that. And is that how you kind of got the seeds to start Warriors Levon? Absolutely. So it was so mind blowing when I got to really focus on these uh, modalities of therapy that were natural, that were all encompassing, that were integrative. 
between Bob Speck, the co-founder of Warriors of Bond and myself, we had such a healing time with each other. And we were, there were some other vets involved just um, going through some different program that he was doing that we started to brainstorm. How could we make this a reality for not just me on this one and one on one to one uh, level, but to several uh, veterans, because it was astounding how much it helped. It was astounding how my entire, it was a spiritual movement for me. Um, there was clarity. Uh, I, I felt good. And, and I really, really, really wanted to recreate that with Warriors of One. And so I, I eventually got back to San Diego and in 2011 started to incorporate and work on getting our 501c3 for our Warriors of One with the idea that we would provide integrative wellness and treatment to veterans in the way of acupuncture, Chinese medicine and herbs, yoga, and nature excursions where I take people out uh, into nature and help them practice mindfulness and really getting oriented to, to what was around, not to mention what it's like when vets of like mind go out and get to enjoy nature together, all the, all the magic that happens then. Um, in addition, I was, I was studying to be a somatic experiencing pra practitioner myself because this had worked so well for me and I could see how effective it was treating trauma that I absolutely wanted to learn how to do it and practice this in, in my private practice in therapy. Um, and so I became an SEP and really, really got passionate about delivering the, the best therapeutic mental health treatment that we could. This is a, a bit of controversy because a lot of, uh, a lot of folks believe that the CBT or exposure-based models are the best for trauma, trauma care and treatment. I very much disagree. If you take a human body that's been traumatized and you don't, you don't, you're not careful with exposing them to the trauma again, the body believes that it's happening again. And so in essence, people that are really, really working hard to help people are re-exposing people to, to a huge amount of, of trauma through the story. And then the body responds as if it's happening again. And the body can't slow that down. You have to really, really carefully work with that type of activation in the body. And so somatic experiencing does this. It respects where the person is at. We don't have to talk about the trauma itself. It does, it does them no good. I can't create healing in a, in a system that believes that it's being harmed again. So this therapy moves in, in such a way that uh, is slow and modulated and uh, can work the actual traumatic energy out of the body to a place where it can finally close. So I could get a lot more in, into that, but it's incredibly effective. It's not yet being practiced at the VA, which is one of the, the main reasons I've been so fired up about getting the best treatment to vets. If it's not at the VA, where is it? Most of most vets can't afford it, so we need a nonprofit that's gonna that's gonna give this this care to veterans. So I felt very very strongly about about getting this um, to them in the best way that I knew how. I think that when we talked to Joe the past couple of times, he had mentioned the 
somatic therapy and how it was very helpful and just very different than anything else he had tried. What other types of treatment do you guys offer at Warriors Live On? So at Warriors Live On, we have our uh, acupuncture every Friday from two to five. So we're working with a, a passive modality of healing, which is the vet comes in. We have community acupuncture um, acupuncture setting. Um, and if you've never had acupuncture before, our, our uh, acupuncturists are really, really great at, at getting people comfortable. If the needles are something that are a bit scary, we can start with acupressure. And then you go through the experience of, of what that's like. So we have um, several tables in a room and the acupuncturist will come in, take, take your pulses. We take care of the paperwork, figure out what your ailments have been. It could be anything from, you know, you, you have back pain, neck pain to, you know, anxiety, depression, and, you know, I, I would like to quit smoking. These are all things that an acupuncturist can work on, which is which is great. And all you have to do is lay there, relax. We have nice music on, comfortable space, and uh, veterans can come relax. So we have that. We have been offering yoga three times a week. Uh, currently, I think it's two times a week um, at at our uh, the setting that Warriors of Bond practices out of right now is a. Um, somatic, uh, holistic, kind of like a spa setting called Eight Elements West in La Jolla. So we have uh, the acupuncture, the yoga. When people partake in, in the, those elements, then they're well, they're invited to come on one of our treks or outdoor experiences. Um, and I also, what is a precursor to, to that is doing some mindfulness and um, what we call the Warriors of Encore sessions. Which is which is getting the veteran primed to really be able to orient, to be in the space that they're in, learn what this mindfulness thing about is about, learn how to be where they're at and and be more present, and then also I just love to teach people about how trauma exists in the body and how we work to get rid of it because it is something tangible. I think. A lot of people don't hear enough that it's not a permanent condition. PTSD is, is an anxiety disorder that, that we can decrease the anxiety. And there is such thing as having a memory without the body going into a state of, of responding as if it's happening again. And I don't think people hear, hear that enough. They think, oh, I've been diagnosed with PTSD. I always have PTSD. And I can't express enough how, how untrue that is. Our, our bodies are incredible. One thing I like to tell the vets that, that I treat and, and that I teach, it's, it's like the brain is a 21-year-old, just turning 21, wants to go out and party, thinks it knows everything, and is very impulsive, right? Constant, never stops. While the body is the old wise man or woman, takes its time goes a little bit slower, has a mass amount of intelligence and knowingness, um, but you have to be patient with it. You know, you have to, you have to slow down to listen. <laughs> I, I really, really can't, can't urge enough um, the, the practice of the slowing down. And, and I take great, 
great pains in, in teaching vets. We got to give the body the chance. The body has everything that it needs in order to heal. Is there any way you could the, turn my body into a 21 year old body? <laughs> like that, well, that I can't do. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah. For that. Oh, well, Hey, you know, the sky's the limit. We could, we could definitely explore that and kind of see what happens, but yeah. Um, no, I, I truly do. I, I believe wholeheartedly that our bodies know what they need to do. It's our brains that get in the way and that are very judgmental, very impulsive and kind of keep us trapped at times. If we let our bodies do what it needed to do, we would heal a lot faster from a number of ailments that we suffer from. And do you see a lot of vets that come in with a lot of physical ailments that have wound up being pretty much just a manifestation of that trauma and is able to see some sort of improvement after the whole whole of their humanness has been addressed? Yes, that's the whole crux of, of the SE therapy is our mind likes to grab on to the reason it wants to know why. And so when it thinks it has it, it kind of hooks onto it. Um, the gist of a lot of the, the pain that we're feeling. Uh, so vets will come in with a number of ailments, whether they're physical, psychological, emotional, we have found that, that when you can address one effectively and you get some relief in one area, all the areas start to, to loosen up a bit. So um, I think more often than not, we get vets that come in and say, hey, you know, my back's really hurting. Because the main way into our program that we have found that vets like is through the acupuncture. So like, hey, I want to get some acupuncture. It's not one-on-one -on -one therapy. It's like, let me go check this out. So they come with physical ailments, um, not, not necessarily recognizing that acupuncture can treat psychological or emotional ailments too. And so we're able to touch into the, the physical and the emotional side of the house through acupuncture. Um, and then we, we kind of roll them into the other part, parts of our program as, as they continue on through that. But uh, it is pretty incredible to see how people come in thinking it's one thing and then realize it's something else. And so it gets them, it helps them to dive deeper into what they really need to work on. And also what we really try to do is help them to know what feels good because we're all experts at what feels bad. We, we know the red trauma vortex. We know what is painful. We know what hurts our hearts emotionally. We know where our traumas lie. We know what our nightmares are about. What we lose track of is what feels good what feels peaceful, what, what pictures and what things are pleasant to my eye, to my ears, to my senses, right? And so what we're really trying to do too is kind of get the orientation to turn a little bit more towards what they like rather than what they don't like. That's a regular, regular practice that we do at Warriors of Bond. And I actually teach that in a, in a, in a way that we get a lot of practice with that. So what is one of, one of the coolest things that I see is when I have had a vet that comes in and does the acupuncture, 
they come in and do the Warriors Le Bon core classes. So they're learning about mindfulness. They're learning how to be where they're at. And they're learning what it feels like to have their nervous system deactivated. And then you take, um, we've done several trips. We've had some to Joshua Tree. We've had uh, the majority to Big Bear, Idlewild, Mount Palomar. But then you take them outside. And I've had men and women do this, both, where we'll be on a hike and it's it's the coolest thing. I, I get a big kick out of this every time I think about it. But I'll have a vet go, oh, my God, Eva, did, did, did you see that butterfly? <laughs> and I'll have this big, grown, husky man, you know, say like, oh, I love that hawk in the sky. Oh, did you see the way it just turned? It's so pretty. And, and it's, it's like, yes. I mean, even right now, as I sit here and get, I get chills because you can see their orientation changing to not what's wrong with me, but what is right with me. You know, what is beautiful about this world that I'm in right now and let me enjoy it. You know, how does that feel in your body? So, and so like, tell me to see that hawk so big soaring through the sky, like what happens? And it's like, oh, it just, it just relaxes me. Yes, that's what we're looking for. And and to see that happening, that's incredible. That's what Warriors of Bonn is about. That's what we're trying to do through for, through several different modalities of therapy. That's amazing. I'm highly impressed. Mm. Very it's very cool to see. It's it's um, you know, and I credit I I credit my training has come from Dr. Peter Levine, uh Vessel van der Kolk. There are, are pioneers of this somatic body work and, and looking towards what is right rather than what is wrong. Um, organic mm-hmm. intelligence, uh, I've most closely worked with Stephen Hoskinson, who is the founder of Organic Intelligence, and he really has taught me and has taught uh, many of us, and he teaches internationally, the biology of our body, the the organic nature of our body is to notice what's right. Trauma introduces us to always focusing on what's wrong because we're scared animals. So we're always looking for what's the, what's the next ball to drop, right? When in fact, when we're truly oriented, we start to see and notice that there isn't another ball to drop. Our environment is okay. Everything's okay right now. Because 99 times out of 100, we're okay. We've we've had situations where our life was uh, in jeopardy. We were being shot at, or you know, I've had, I've been blown up. I have all my limbs, and but I've been thrown across the room a few times being in Iraq. And you realize how close death can be, and so you start thinking that it's always around you and it's always there. When in fact, that was a moment in time and it is not all the time that that's happening. So when it isn't all the time, can I live in what is right rather than live in what is wrong? And that's kind of, it's again, it's the whole, it's the mission of warriors, warriors live on is to create that healing through getting their organism to start to recognize what is okay and what's working well. And I think that is a perspective that anybody can take and run with. I never really thought about changing 
that feedback loop to what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong to what's right. And, you know, realigning that focus. Right. And in working with veterans, what do you find is unique about veterans specifically and their mental health challenges? Yeah. Uh, We're all so different. The service that we came from means that our mission was different, means that the threat was different. The jobs we do is different. Being in a certain decade and fighting a certain war is different. Our genders are different. I mean, it's there's so many different experiences that can cause that can cause trauma that that were kind of spattered across the board. And I don't think that it's fair to say you can treat all of that's the same. I think we're all we all have so many different experiences. And one of the challenges with that, I think, is we we have a tendency to compare our trauma with the next person. And so we say, oh, I don't need that help, or that's not me, or my situation wasn't nearly as bad. So I shouldn't have these problems. This shouldn't be, I I shouldn't be depressed. I shouldn't, uh, you know, I didn't go through this. I didn't go through that. I wasn't in hand-to-hand combat. I didn't see blood or, or whatever. I've heard so many excuses, not excuses, but just stories about, well, I don't, I don't feel like I fit into this category of people because I haven't suffered this way, or maybe I can't, I don't feel like I'm deserving of the help you provide Eva, because I don't have like PTSD. I don't have, and I'll, I'll get to talking with someone and I'll start to recognize their, their, that, that they've been through several struggles and, and the compassion and the empathy that we have for ourselves is often so minuscule. We, we are quick to offer compassion and support to our brothers and sisters in, in arms and, and to other people. And veterans, we have a hard time extending that to ourselves. And I think uh, I've seen that, I've seen that more and more. I think the other thing that's, that's kind of a struggle is uh, once someone is diagnosed with something, they feel like that's always the diagnosis. And I think I mentioned this earlier, but veterans that have been diagnosed with PTSD or major depressive disorder or, or whatever tend to think that that's always going to be that way. And so they get locked into what that looks like. I have seen people recover from PTSD. I've seen people get a lot better from depression. And some of these things, some I am not here to say that we can cure all of them. I'm not here to say that they're all meant to be cured. Some people are always going to have a little bit of, of depression, but these things can get dramatically better. And I don't think that veterans hear that enough. I don't think that, I think we kind of can tend to get locked into, to some common thought processes around, around this stuff. And this is just the way my life is going to be. I really, I just have a huge heart to, to help people there and to say, no, like there's hope. And, and I know because I was suicidal at one point, I really struggled while I was active duty for some different reasons. Yes, I had combat trauma, but that didn't bother me nearly as much as wrestling with my sexuality and serving under the don't ask, don't tell policy. 
and feeling that I had given my life. I went to the Air Force Academy. I was a really good officer. I was lieutenant of the uh, of the year at Aviano Air Base. And yet, if somebody found out that I thought that I might be gay, that could all be stripped from me and I could be embarrassed and I could get a dishonorable discharge. That that uh, was one of my one of my struggles while in the military is feeling like I was giving everything I could. And yet there was something about me I couldn't change. And God knows I tried, but I couldn't change that. And that if that came out in some way, my service was going to be dishonored. That and living with that secret was one of the traumatizing things for me and feeling like I was unworthy or feeling like I wasn't as good as the next person. And you know, I think a lot of people in the military have things like that. And and I just bring that up because there's a lot of mental health and, and reasons that people get really depressed while in the military and serving their country. A lot of times it's things that were prior to the military, you know, family upbringing, things that they went through uh, prior to the military that when you're put in really stressful situations, these things start to pop up a bit. And so sometimes it's not always just PTSD from a combat experience, but it's PTSD just from life that gets hijacked by a combat experience that that really triggers it to the next level. So there's just a lot. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question entirely. I love working with veterans because we there is a bond that we have. I love being a veteran because of that bond that I have people walk into my office and they, they know my bio and it's just like, let's get to business. Here's my stuff. And we get, we get right. We can get right to it. I love that about my service that we have that common bond and it, and it, it's realized very quickly. Well, that, that is very impressive. And I am so happy that you were able to find a way to serve your fellow man and woman, brethren, service people. Is that a word? A service people? Yes. Service, service men and women. women. Sure. Um, military type, people. Got your <laughs> and in a way where you can be authentic and true to yourself too, after dealing with so many years of having to basically be a different person just to be able to do your job that had to have been incredibly heartbreaking for you to know that you're okay with all the people around you, but you're not okay with, you know, your country and that you're trying to protect it. I can see the conflict and that's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But you were able to dig yourself out of it and put, I guess, maybe some of the anger and the frustration into building this organization where you can help others? Well, it's really, I mean, I think that's the thing about Warriors the Bond is that, you know, we're, it's all about respecting the next person. I, we, I have always leading this organization. I have always um, very much welcomed any military person, I, I, it doesn't matter if you're gay, if you're trans, if you're, if you're straight, right? It's all of us. And especially in this day of age, it's the day I, I'm not going to talk politics. You know, there's so many things that divide us. It's, it's together that we heal. 
You know, there's, it's built into, to our physiological makeup and structure. It's our biology. We do not thrive when mm-hmm. we're alone. We, we do well as a human race, human beings do well together. You know, my background is pretty extensive and, and all over the place. And I, it's been a huge thing for me to invite all walks of life into Warriors of Arm. We aren't a boys club. There are a lot of, we have half women, half men. We have gay people, straight people. We are all, we just all really love each other. I think we really are conducive to to bringing the folks in and just learning about who we are. And there's a, we have a sitting area in the, the front of uh, Eight Elements West and people will just come and get their computers out and have some tea and talk. And as a matter of fact, most most nights I have to kick people out and say, okay, guys, I gotta go home. So, uh, you know, we're right a block away from the beach. And so we've done uh, mindfulness practice and stuff out there from, we're one block away from Wind and Sea Beach. And um, it's, it's an absolute pleasure and it feeds my heart. It feeds my spirit. And um, so I, I've loved doing it. Um, we have a awesome group of, of leaders on our board and, and leading the organization right now. And I'm really excited to see uh, where we go in the future. And what are some of the big, biggest successes and challenges that you have experienced with Warriors Living On? Some of the biggest challenges, one, I mean, one is very simply just letting people know that we're here. We're a small organization. We treat each vet individually and we'll treat them up for two years. So we're really about developing relationships with our vets and creating a space where they can continually come. The The challenge comes with um, the fact that if you recall, the 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 sustainable healing comes with continued practice in a multitude of areas or continued work in, in several areas. It's tough for somebody to come and get the acupuncture, to come and do the yoga, to be doing their one-on-one therapy and to be, to be, you know, uh, coming to the classes, for example. And so the biggest challenge is because veterans are busy and a lot of them have families, they have children, they have jobs. And so, you know, my goal has always been to at least touch every vet once a week and, and to, to create healing that's sustainable because what we're trying to do is change a lifestyle. If we're trying to change a lifestyle, that means we have to do a lot of work to get that, that, um, you know, page to turn, so to speak. So uh, I think the the biggest challenge is that there's not an, <laughs> uh, the commitment to all the therapies to, to hit the integrative therapeutic benefit can be challenging. So it's been hard to, to uh, get each vet involved with everything, right? So we've had to kind of reorganize our programs to just get the most benefit out of anything that a veteran will do. So it's always been my goal and my vision to get the veteran all of the integrated treatment. So mind, body, heart, spirit is is all addressed and, and gets gets looked at and gets some work work done on. But but that's that's a big challenge. 
And successes, I think I've already talked about some of our major successes is I see people's lives change. I got to say, uh, in the past two months, I've seen a few of our vets get brand new jobs. I'm seeing them in in uh, coming off some of their medications because they're feeling better. So they're they're getting more clarity in their body of uh, of what's working, what's not. Relationships, uh, a good a good temperature gauge on a person's health is how they navigate their relationships in their life, and do they have good support? How do they do it maintaining that support? Are they reaching out for help? To see, to see people stepping up their relationships or learning how to get through the difficulties of their relationships, I've been seeing that happen more. And then to see, seeing people actually, the, the, it's kind of funny in, in therapy, you know, you, you like to have your, your, your job and, you know, sustainable work, but the idea is not to keep those people there. The idea is to get them healthy enough that they feel that they don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of where we're at with Warriors Lebron is we get that to come in, they get stabilized, they see hope and a way to go. And then it's like, oh, okay. And I'll see them, I'll see them go away for a while, but they know too, they can come back because the doors, the door doesn't close. They can come back and get a tune up and, and move on. So, that's actually to, to see people go is a good thing um, when we've actually seen them progress in their healing. So we've had some great successes with that. I've, I've had, uh, it's just little things, you know, if we get one bed in and another one walks in and goes, Hey, I know you. <laughs> and, you know, for as big as the vet community is in San Diego, um, it seems really, really small sometimes uh, being at Warriors and Vaughn with the vets that come in. So it's just always a pleasure to to create that family um, and to see people feel comfortable where we where we provide our, our our services and comfortable with the people there. So that's been a huge success is that the people that do come, I feel, have felt welcome and comfortable and safe where we're at. That's awesome. And I hear that you are receiving um, quite a big accomplishment, a big award this week. I am. Um, I am being, I was named an inductee to the San Diego LGBT Community Center's uh, Veterans Wall of Honor. So so uh, I'm very, very honored. I'm among a group of uh, amazing men and women that have uh, served in the Navy, in the Air Force, in the Marine Corps, in the Army, um, that are are proponents of equality, and they've served in. You know, a lot of these people are the ones that that laid the groundwork for me to serve and to be who I am. Just just the way that I did. A lot of these people served a long time ago, and had to jump through a lot of hoops and a lot of fear around their life and their service. But um, it's supposed to be an amazing night. I'm very honored and thankful for, for being inducted and it's special. Well, congratulations. You absolutely deserve it. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks. Are there any other resources you would recommend for veterans or really anybody who's struggling with 
suicide, trauma, mental health challenges? Absolutely. Uh, Warriors Lebon, you can email us if that's the easiest. You can call us um, info at warriorslebon.org. I would I would say that if there is feelings, if there's suicidal ideation, if there's feelings of suicide, what I see most often is people reaching out to one or, or two people that they really feel close to. Continue to do that. Like get help, reach out to that one person that you feel safest with. Let them know what's going on. I would say uh, certainly I think that the best and I say this hands down, the best treatment for uh, trauma is somatic experiencing. So you could uh, go to traumahealing.org. I would even say so organicintelligence.org is the follow-on to, to SE. So it, it they those two founders of those two organizations worked together for years. And so Steve Hoskinson has kind of taken it in a different direction. And that's who I've learned from primarily. His work is absolutely incredible. It's accessible. Um, and we have a cohort of, of therapists here in San Diego, of SE therapists and organic intelligence therapists that can really, really, really help help people with any type of trauma, but especially especially veterans. So. I would absolutely say, like, just get help. And I just can't express enough that there's, there is hope. And I know that when you're in it, I know when we're in it, we don't feel like there is. And that's all you have on your mind is that there's not. And I just, I implore you and I poor, poor veterans or anybody struggling in this way like to reach out uh, in, in some way, shape or form, like just grab someone by the hand and say that like, I need help. Whether it's us, there's a ton of organizations. Uh, the San Diego Vets Coalition is a, is a coalition of, I think nearly 200 veteran organizations that can help with anything. So they've got the bases covered. If there's housing issues, if there's job issues, if there's childcare issues, if there's loan issues, if there's criminal records that need scrubbing, like in that room, the San Diego Veterans Coalition, there's someone that can help. There's also the San Diego Women's Women's Veteran Network that's headed by uh, Billy K. Boughton. She's an absolutely amazing woman veteran. she uh, sits on the Warriors Lebon Advisory Board for us, so she's helped guide us and and direct us. Um, she leads up the the women's side of the house, so San Diego Women's Veterans Network, and there are just a bunch of women in there that will do anything for other women uh, vets. And so between those two organizations, we really have all of our bases covered. And I, and I do highly recommend that if you need help, those two organizations, our organization, again, uh, there's a lot of help. So I, I know that we're hesitant. I know that we're very skeptical, uh, group, uh, a skeptical bunch. And I also know that we're very tough. We're taught to be tough and, uh, we think that we can do it 
on our own a lot of times, or it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad until one day it's just bad. If you're feeling like it's, it's not that day yet, but you're not doing so hot, let's get, get this stuff going now before it, it gets bad because this help is there. And there's a lot, there are a lot of good people with the right intentions that are trying to do uh, and get the best treatment to, to vets out there. So if, if there's anything I could do, I would say email me directly at eva.bellinger at warriorsliveon.org. And uh, I should caveat that with I'm not an emergency service. Warriors Live On is not an emergency care at all. Um, but we can get you there. So please, please use us and, and use these, these vet organizations. Their entire existence is there to help. So... And if one wanted to help your organization, maybe donate or volunteer or somehow help you guys out, how could we go about doing that? Simply, you could go to uh, check out our website at warriorslevon.org. There is a donate page there. We uh, we love to see if, if it was um, something that you wanted to do, like $10 per month or more is awesome because it creates a steady flow of some monies uh, coming in for veterans care. Uh, right now we have no paid employees. Um, everything is volunteer. And that means that right now it just, some goes to operating costs, but 75% plus goes to the veterans programs. So uh, these, these donated monies are going directly to the veterans. So any donation would be helpful if you wanted to volunteer or could volunteer in any way. Info at warriorsleban.org. Either myself, a couple other other leaders of the organization will pick that email up and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I just had a thought. Yes. If you can, tell me a funny story from when you were deployed or maybe something funny that happened while you were working at Warriors of On. Because <laughs> I well, already got a poop, poop story out of someone and I forgot to tell you that I wanted a funny story. So if you can't think of one, oh, it's fine. Of course, a poop story. We've all got those. <laughs> um, you know, so if I'm completely honest, the very first thing that popped in my head as soon as you said funny story was... A story I have of being in boot camp. I was at the Air Force Academy. So I went through two boot camps, actually. I went through one at the prep school and I went through another one at the Air Force Academy. And both were six weeks long. At the Air Force Academy, the first three weeks is on the hill. So it's in the dorms, on the terrazzo, doing a lot of knowledge, just basic decorum and, and basic training stuff. And then you hit Jack's Valley. So the last three weeks are in Jack's Valley. And Jack's Valley is more of a, uh, we're in the woods, um, we're, we're dirty, we're in the dirt. There's, you know, multiple, the, the, the famous thing to pick up is Jack's Hack because we're in the dirt and everybody's coughing all the time. And, but so we had multiple uh, different courses that we would have to do throughout those three weeks. And we had uh, the O course and the A course, the obstacle course and the assault course. 
And so when you went through these courses, you'd just get your butt kicked, you would get dirty, you had crap all over, you were wet head to toe, sweaty. <laughs> and um, we had our rubber duckies, which were our, our fake rifles. So you've got those in tow and you're just exhausted by the time you get through. It's, it's, you get your butt kicked. So there was one, and you go through each obstacle course or each course twice over the three weeks. And so we got done with the assault course and we had a cadre, a senior cadre member, and she was one of our trainers. And so the women in in our flight, we all got our shower time. Well, the shower is, is a concrete out. It's just a concrete, like enclosed shower. It's it at the time it had, you know, green, a, a, a layer of green mold on it. And it's out in Jack's Valley in the middle of, you know, the woods in Colorado Springs. And so we finished our second assault course and we were pumped, right? We were like, we did it. We finished. Right. And so our cadre, you know, they let us have a little bit of celebrate time, but then they told us to lock it up and take our showers. Well, it was too soon. I mean, it was just too soon. And I was kind of, uh, since I was a prep schooler, I kind of knew the ropes a little bit more. And I tended to be a um, kind of a, a leader because I knew what was going on out there and uh, a little bit more than the rest. And so I kind of was talking, talking and saying, yeah, ladies, we did it. Da, da, da. And our cadre comes in and she's like, ladies, you better lock it up. You better lock it up. I'm telling you right now. And so so we were, you know, sudsing our hair and we're in the showers. We're doing our thing, but we're so excited. Right. And so I was, you know, I was, I kept talking a little bit. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, we have, to, oh, you know, and so she comes in and she says, I told you guys to lock it up, get on your faces. So we're in the shower, all sudsy hair, sudsy bodies on a layer of mold concrete. Yeah. And we're on our faces doing push-ups and I could not stop laughing. And so the cadre, she said, she, she couldn't, she saw me laughing and she started laughing. So she walked out, she walked out and said, Bellinger. And I kept laughing and there's, there's suds in her eyes. And one of the girls is like, I can't see. And, you know, we're, we're just like cracking up. We're all naked um, doing push-ups on this grimy floor. And so she comes back in and she's like, Bellinger. And I'll just, uh, it's a very fond memory because we worked so hard. We got our butts kicked. We were one of the best. We were actually the best flight in, in our, in, in that group that year. It was just a celebratory moment. And it was a moment of bonding with the girls I was with, but it was a moment of bonding with the women ahead of us as well. And I remember it very fondly. And I, you know, there's a lot of people that would go, you know, oh, that's hazing, da, 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 da. And maybe, but it was um, a story that I know all of us look fondly upon. So I'll leave it at that. And now, you know, when they say lock it up, you really need to lock it up. <laughs> uh, I don't know, because I didn't lock it up and it ended up okay, right? <laughs>
<laughs> oh no, I, At least I weren't in trouble, right? That wasn't it wasn't disciplinary. No. Uh there were there were threats, but in that moment they um we we yeah, we did we did end up locking it up and it was back to business, but um in that moment it was it was good. It was awesome. all good. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> good times. <laughs> Yeah. So, so there's a poop story and a showering uh, with uh, sudsy hair naked story. I'm going to make a bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> what else should Wait. I put on there? What, oh, what are other common military themes I should watch out for? Oh, geez. Oh, there's eating. I have eating stories. That was probably one of the funnest, funniest stories that I had while in Iraq. Um, we should probably talk offline about that. Oh, got it. <laughs> well, since right. our time is coming to a close, is there any closing statements or anything else that you want to mention that we didn't get a chance to talk about? No, I think we've talked about a lot. Um, I just, I, I can't express enough that, um, there's just, there's hope for a better life. There's hope for, for, us to be happy and content and, and find joy in the smallest things that, that can end up overshadowing some of the biggest hardships of our life. If you want to know about that, please get in touch with us. So. Well, thank you so much, Eva. I really appreciate you taking the time to come out and talk to us and tell us about Warriors Live On. And if you would like a link to anything Eva mentioned, you can go to her page on youroxygenmaskfirst.com. And we'll be happy to send you easy links just to click on to get a hold of her. Thank you so much, Eva. I appreciate it. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And I hope that you found something that really resonates with you. I can't wait to share even more. So please subscribe to the podcast and you can find links to our resources in the description and at youroxygenmaskfirst.com.